What's poppin' and welcome to Popcorn with Joel Sadiara and your stop for all things pop where we talk about all things pop culture here in the Philippines and the rest of the globe. And this is another special episode where we shed a light on pop culture in terms of national and global issues. I mean, ang daming nangyayari ngayon and we can't not talk about these things. We can't just enjoy the things that we like without thinking about everything that's happening around us. But before we start our episode, let's of course introduce our co-host for this episode. Let's welcome back Paula. Hello. Hi. From the south. Well, from the south. <laughs> Jeremiah is here. I always enjoy it to be here, Chola. Jace is also here with us. Hello. And joining us for the first time, our legal expert. Legal expert, talaga. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. He's gonna be one of my lawyers when I need a lawyer. Gusto ko yung sigurado kung kailangan mo ng lawyer. Oh nga, sana hindi. I mean, you know, hot takes. We're like reading, you know, reading contracts and whatever. Or you know, when somebody gets mad at what we say and we have to defend ourselves. But ayun, this year has really been full of unprecedented catastrophic events. May it be this COVID pandemic we're experiencing, natural events like the Taal Volcano, Australian wildfires, and of course, political turmoil with all the shit that has been happening in this country. And, uh, you know, ang dami ABS-CBN shutdown, their non-response to COVID, the terror bill, and uh, of course, in other countries, in the States, the Black Lives Matter movement, Uh, Hong Kong as well. So, ang dami talagang nangyayari. And, you know, as much as we enjoy talking about our favorite pop culture, movies, etc., uh, we still have to, you know, discuss how these fit into the greater narrative of how the world is coping and how the world is dealing or how the world is under in under fire, basically. Uh, Emil is also here. Welcome, Emil. Hi, Emil. Hi. Um... Yeah, so we just said that uh, the world is its basically the apocalypse and we have to figure out how to deal with this and how we can move forward with everything, the brands that we admire, the movies we consume, the music we listen to. And, you know, while everything is happening, how can we, I mean, how do we deal with it, basically? Uh, of course, uh, we won't go into detail sa lahat ng issues na nangyayari. I'm sure a lot of people are hopefully informed enough about it. And we are not credible enough to be able to like shed the greatest light on them. So you have, please go to your, uh, please go to your credible news sources for <laughs> all the updates on the terror bill, COVID responses, and everything happening, Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm sure everyone has a slight idea, if at the very least, about what's happening. So yeah, I mean, we're not credible enough, and this just this is just really an episode where we wanna uh, give our opinions on how we can deal with these things. Uh, it's really not the best time out there, but it's a great time for change around the world. But you know, it's a hard. It's also hard at the same time. So I guess the main question for the night is, how do we consume or make pop culture in the times of crises that we are facing right now? Facing, not phasing. <laughs> what, did I, what did I just say? So I mean, syempre, ang dami nangyayari nga. I mean, 
personally, paano kayo nag-deal with it? Of course, media or pop culture is an aspect where we can get entertainment at the very least and feel better amidst all that's happening around us. Siyempre, that's one factor na, of course, we have things such as RuPaul's Drag Race or Lady Gaga's album to listen to, to just feel free or happy at home, even if uh, a lot of things are happening outside. But I mean, siyempre, just being on Twitter, for example, really gets to you. Like, sometimes I don't really even want to go to Twitter because it, I get so overwhelmed and, you know, I just go to the news and read it a bit. But the rest of all those opinions and everything, medyo I, um, I just tune off. Like, how are you guys, you know, dealing with everything right now? That's a really big question. <laughs> because, and I mean, we will talk about this more later. Everything is political nowadays. So uh-huh. even like the things that you enjoy kind of um, not get muddled in, but like get involved into these um, very sensitive issues. So like, for example, Harry Potter, like I, I used to find so much joy in that. And now while I still like love it with, with every part of myself, you know, there, there is a lot of struggle in it right now. So I think like for me, how I cope is I really just try to shut everything off for at least an hour kind of just to myself. Like I, I won't log into any form of social media because even TikTok has gotten insane. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to kind of just let yourself breathe every now and then or else you will get overwhelmed and burned out because of the anger, frustration, and sadness that you'll feel. <laughs> um, I guess to like jump off of what Paula said, uh, same, like taking time to sort of care for yourself as well is I think very important. And I feel like some people are pressured into or feel pressured into being like connected and online 24-7 for fear of seeming like they don't care but like if you burn yourself out also it doesn't help anybody it doesn't help like the the causes (laughs) that you're promoting as well um i think the thing that i the most important thing that i learned in terms of dealing with stuff during this whole period is that um like you really can't do it by yourself the entire time um there was a period like early on in during the lockdown when i just sort of like I had like a massive attack and I just didn't want to talk to anybody and like not not talking to anybody made it worse. So if you have people like close people that you can talk to, even just to like air out like or just vent, like you don't really need like advice from them. You just need to sort of let it off your chest. I think that's super helpful as well. And like with, with the, with pop culture (laughs) and stuff, I think it's the same also. um, Like I think, now more than ever, like the stuff we enjoy has been put under the microscope more, which I think is useful and valuable. Yeah. Um, but talk to people naman about it who won't like just, you know, crucify you for still liking Harry Potter or still liking Brooklyn Nine-Nine and stuff like that. But I mean, social media is not the place to have those conversations because it's just like, it's very public and people perform their activism yes. a lot. So if you have people you're close to who you can Talk, like really disclose certain feelings to I think that's where you can go in times of like when you're unsure and anxious so yeah I wanna I agree with what Emil said like just seeing your friends even through a screen helps so yeah. much like 
we're, in, we're no man is an island. And even though we're literally islands right now, <laughs> um, yeah, just seeing their faces on the screen, it does a lot. And being able to talk about how you feel and processing. And I think last week I had a moment of realization when I just saw, oh, I think, I think I may be performing my activism online. Like, so I'm learning to tone it down. I don't need to show people what I'm doing. I don't need to show like every email I send to our senators, mm -hmm. whatever. So like, yeah, and I think it's something that a lot of us have been doing, like trying to scale back on our online lives and trying to rediscover the offline, which is, uh, it helps. It's stressful to be connected 24-7, especially nowadays. Crying helps as well. <laughs> it, it really does. It like, does. set aside an hour every week just for that, <laughs> and you should be okay. Just an hour? Well, I mean, whatever <laughs> you <it>. need. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, Anarin, it's really, it's okay to recognize that being okay is not, it's, <laughs> not being okay is okay. Being okay is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kasi, syempre, ang daming nangyayari, sometimes you feel like, oh, I have to stay strong. But sometimes you just have to, like, admit or, like, accept that things are not okay. Everything's happening. And it's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to... Uh, go offline and not talk to anyone. No one's really gonna like crucify you for it, and hopefully not. I mean, sana rin a lot of uh, people, like people at work, understand like you know the boundaries and the mental health that everyone has to take care of at the same time. I mean, it's really not easy to study or to work at this time for sure, mm -hmm. and it's okay to. Act Parang to just accept or you know manifest that you're not okay it's fine just let i mean i guess it's okay to just let people know that you're not really in the best state because you know it's ang dami talaga nangyayari and you really just have to like recharge yourself or like uh, realign how you can deal with it as well i mean okay. see si ivan uh I'm sure as a law student, you guys have a lot of stress. I mean, siyempre seeing everything that's happening in the country as well and being people who are studying what is supposed to be happening. Yeah. <laughs> you just see these loopholes being like made or whatever. I mean, how is that experience going? Well, you know, it's, it's very difficult because... It, there's a lot of things that we've studied and then you see them being dismantled right in front of you. So this this happened when, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys recall when Chief Justice Sereto was ousted from office yes. uh, by her own colleagues. And, you know, we were taught in law school that uh, the Chief Justice, like any other Justice of the Supreme Court, can only be removed by impeachment. But then all of a sudden you see this decision come out and then there's suddenly this loophole where you haven't even heard of it yet. <laughs> so it's very difficult, especially now, but it's also a it's also a call 
sort of to study it really well and probably uh somewhere down the road when we're already taking our own roles in the profession that's when we can start to dismantle what went wrong uh with this with what they're doing now so yeah it's I also mean, very sobering mm-hmm. i mean this whole episode is more on uh kind of like a sober discussion on things and especially we're in different fields um, in the media industry and you know in other fields as well like law so I mean it's nice to be able to explore these different assets and and facets of uh, society and how we can uh, try to understand how we can move forward or continue with the new normal and what's gonna be normal after this. So I mean, I guess we can we could go to our next point for today, which is I mean, what is happening at the moment? How is the media dealing with this? I mean, ang dami, of course, with the COVID efforts, nagsimula lahat ng mga benefit concerts, benefit reunions, live streams, songs, all that, and uh, sure ngayon, mainit yung Black Lives Matter movement in the states and uh, it's a whole big issue of course with who's donating what what are they what's their stand on this especially in the states where it's a really big deal now okay you have to say something but what does that something actually mean i mean i think paula has yeah. a lot to say and jeremiah about <laughs> advertising world and brands and stuff i think like what's frustrating is that Admittedly, there are brands out there that really do care and use their voice to, you know, um, amplify the voices of those that are unheard. But at the same time, like coming from this industry and knowing how clients work, how brands think, a lot of the time it's not about wanting to help out or wanting to amplify these voices. It's a want to stay relevant. Yes. That's generally what they want. They do not want to be forgotten amidst all of these things. Um, and we saw a lot of that, and uh, we see a lot of that in the States, but I think um, we didn't, we never discussed the brands that are doing the same thing here in the Philippines. When quarantine started, a lot of major brands here, um, um, how do I put it? Like, for example, Coca Cola and Jollibee all vowed to stop posting ads for the rest of the year and donate their media allocations to uh, workers and to fight the COVID disease and to help frontliners and all of that, which is great. Admittedly, like the money will definitely help out. Like knowing how much money is spent on media mm-hmm. every year is that's a lot of money and it'll do a lot to help. But at the same time, like the jaded advertising old lady in me. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't even been working in this field for very long, but I am already very, very jaded. Um, Knows that at the end of the day, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure next year, they will be submitting those social media posts for awards. You know, for PR awards, for Cannes, all of these things. And they will win. Like I'm 100% sure that they are going to win. So it makes me feel like these acts are a lot less genuine than what they want the public to see. But because the public doesn't know like the nitty-gritty and the ways of working in these industries, parang they will be glorified. They will be remembered as these heroes uh, during these times. 
and it's it's frustrating, especially for like brands like Coca-Cola and Jollibee that do have their own issues within themselves of not mm. protecting their workers and then suddenly seeming like this big hero, you know. Um, but that's here. In the States, it's a lot more prevalent because um, brands there are louder, I think. Um, I might... Sorry, ha, like If you want to jump in, please do. I, I, I oh. tend to go on like a tirade like when, when I'm talking <laughs> about advertising. Yeah, um, um, I'm also in advertising. And yeah. just to illustrate Paula's point, I guess, uh, I'll share one of my experiences working on a COVID relief effort. So we have a client and basically they wanted to do a fundraiser for COVID uh, for frontliners and for to raise funds for PPE. And I had to create a mini campaign to mm-hmm. raise uh, awareness. Like, oh, this is where you can donate. And then the cynical, jaded part of me, I guess, stopped to think and was like, wait long. You are a billionaire. Why are you asking other people to donate to your, to your cause? Yeah. Instead of just donating, open I don't open your purse. And then the more cynical part of me just started thinking, oh, tax cuts. So like yeah. it's there's if you work in advertising, I guess, then follow can agree. There's a lot of cynicism. I guess that runs for a lot of us and it's pretty fun. much all industries naman din. Um mm. I mean, as young people just having had entered the professional world recently in the last three to five years, syempre, we still, I mean, it's not wrong, but uh, we're still kind of fresh. Our idea, parang our ideals are still there. Uh, but, you know, working with a lot of these older generations are really, it's, it's really difficult because, you know, there's the old, the, they're the old guard who want to keep the traditions, so-called traditions, that um, they've quote-unquote upheld for the longest time. And ayun nga, I mean, syempre, uh, for example, we see these posts on not just in advertising or media, but kanwari yung mga toxic masculinity thing. Uh, Angela, who's part of this podcast, has been attacked because of an opinion which is very valid about toxic masculinity in all boys schools and uh, i myself can agree to what she says coming from an all boys yeah. school and to yeah. see all those um to see all those people bashing her for something she said that was actually right parang diba ang further validating yeah, her opinion further validates yeah. the opinion and how kung gaano kakitid yung utak ng mga tao about yeah. a lot of issues and you know it's just really eye opening these times we experience right now na ganyan pala talaga yung mga tao na ganyan yung ugali niyo lumalabas yung mga tunay na kulay ng gobyerno ng personal people i mean personal pe- people you know personally rather um, yeah. so yeah i mean it's really a lot happening and it's just crazy and yeah. I mean, I think Paula wants to talk more about other brands or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, it's such a big thing. Like, people are clamoring for brands to speak up. And that's great because that's right. They should speak up. But at the same time, like, 
it's hard for me to accept statements by these big brands when I know like their histories. Hey, so <laughs> it's also joining us. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ace. Hello. 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 Okay, so Paula was saying something. <laughs> okay, I was saying um, how difficult it is for me to accept like all of these brand statements when no, like knowing their history, like and not even like history from like ten years ago, two years ago, like early in the year. Ganun ka recent, like in talking about Black Lives Movement, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Like for example, Disney came out with this really strongly worded um, message of support towards the Black Lives Matter movement, particularly when John Boyega started um, protesting in London. Um, Star Wars in particular really stood by him and said that no matter what happens, they will support him. But at the same time, like it's very iffy for me to read that from Star Wars, knowing that whenever they promote Star Wars in China, they actively mm. remove John Boyega and any person of color in their in their promos. So they cannot claim to support black lives when their own celebrities, like their own talents, they choose to, you know, remove from their promos just to appease a very like black hating country, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with Marvel, you know, there's not enough representation in the comics for people of color and they haven't really done enough to make to, to make those changes as well. Um, Sony, um, Sony Music donated a hundred million dollars um, for the Black Lives Movement, uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement as well and they were lauded for it but at the same time, just February this year, um, Sony removed um, pictures from their photography contest of Hong Kong protests because it was politically sensitive and they didn't want that in their competition. And now they're claiming to be supportive of protests and rallying. Like you cannot nitpick and choose like you cannot pick and choose what which like forms of justice you have to you want to support. If you want if you believe that everyone deserves their rights, then it cannot just be for this one sector. It has to be for everyone. There are so many brands as well. And like Vogue, for example, like Anna Wintour, my God, released the statement earlier. The like she's she mentioned about how Vogue wasn't doing enough to protect and support um their the, the black people. And it girl you were the editor. You were at the helm of Vogue for 32 years. Who's responsible for not doing exactly. to amplify like, black voices? Like you can't just rant about it or acknowledge the problem and leave it at that. Like you have to do something about it. It cannot just be performative activism. When all if like if all you want is to stay relevant, then fine. Get I get it. But don't like don't make it seem like anything else other than those things. I want to There's add so to yeah. Go ahead. When Anna Winter uh, sent that memo of apology, I guess is that what you call it, to her employees internally, a lot of people, former employees of Vogue, came forward. I saw a tweet thread where one black uh, social media manager, who now left the company, she said that the culture of racism and classism in Vogue was so high. I mean, like 
everyone's mostly white. Yeah. All of them went to Ivy League schools. Um, they most likely got the job because their parents worked at Condé Nast. So there's that culture of nepotism. Yeah. Yes. So the racism was so bad, according to this ex-social media manager, so bad that like one time they were gonna be called Chipotle for delivery. And one white girl was like, hey, does anyone want to split a burrito with me? And then she's like, oh, I'll split it with you. And then the girl was like, so it was silence. It was awkward. And then finally, some other white girl said, oh, I'll, sh- I'll split it with you. And she's like, oh, okay. So it was. Yeah. It's, it's really evident then in the Bon Appetit recent uh, happenings. Oh, God. With Adam Rapoport. Um, resigning because of the brown face and uh, you know I'd like to I'd like to note that I don't think Adam Rappaport deserved to get booted from Bon Appetit because of the brown face photo it's more of how that brown face photo represents the racism yeah in Bon Appetit Uh that photo was taken in 2004 and for for context, the photo is of Rappaport and his wife wearing stereotypical Puerto Rican gangster garb with the caption, Throwback Thursday with me and my papi, hashtag Boricua. So it's, it's, it's gross. But what, what made the whole racism allegations grounded, I guess, was when assistant food editor Sola L. Whaley came out on her Instagram stories calling out for uh, Rappaport's resignation and revealing the fact that despite appearing in tens or even hundreds of Bon Appetit videos, uh, besides being a fan favorite for several, she doesn't get paid for her video appearances the same way her white counterparts do. So it was like, oh, okay. It makes sense that Adam got uh, Adam resigned or was forced to resign because that it's not just because of the brown face photo. It's because that photo signifies a lot of racist thought. Yeah. That even I don't know if you've read this, but even the acting EIC right now, see Amanda Shapiro, yeah. <laughs> is apparently part of the toxic culture, and even Andy Baragani um, is part of it as well who is himself a POC. And, uh, you know, it's just a really big issue, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to say what I'm about to say in a polite way that won't ruffle feathers. But I think the Bon Appetit culture reminds me so much of publishing culture in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Like how very... <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Go, go Jeremiah, go. Yeah. Um, I used to work in I used to work in publishing as well, but it was never the cool side of publishing, and it was a very I don't know how to do this, but I'm gonna no, say okay, go. Um, for a lot of youth-oriented publications, which I will not name, there's a very tight circle that's hard to penetrate. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel that's the same way in Bon Appetit, which is amplified by the racial component of it. Uh But 
in Bon Appetit, it's like they're cool kids who can hang out in the test kitchen and be chummy with the people, the editors and people in power. And then there are the other uh, staffers whose jobs are to wash the pots and pans, to do research and stories. It's a disgusting hierarchy, frankly. Yeah, yeah and I guess it also applies into pretty much all the in the whole industry. Uh, there's always really like a tight circle, upper echelon of yeah. people yeah. who you have to please or they want you to believe that you have to please them at the same time. But I oh. think, um, I mean, Shempre, this is another issue altogether. But I guess we should go, I mean, how is this being applied to our country? Shempre, the Black Lives Matter is a big issue in the States. But here in the country, Shempre, a lot of influencers or whoever are like, yeah. I support this yeah. movement. But like, are you actually speaking up against injustices that are happening Here. before your eyes? Exactly. Wait, sorry, can I just interject one last thing about Bon <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the week that George Floyd was murdered and that knowledge was made public, uh, bon Appetit released a statement and an article penned by Adam Rappaport called uh, Who This Political? And he said that they will make, they will shine a spotlight on Black-owned food restaurants and chefs and businesses. A lot of good, very PR stuff. But at the same week, a business insider piece reveals just now, the same week that he wrote that piece, he declined to give his Black secretary a pay raise, mm. even though she is three months behind on rent. She makes like $30,000 a year, which for New York is unthinkable. So it goes back to the whole idea of performative yeah. activism. So like what you say is different from what you do. Okay, I'm done with Bon Appetit. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think that's a good segue as well yeah. to influencers here in the mm. Philippines and even, like, just regular people who were so quick to jump onto this whole Black Lives Matter, you know, movement online. Um, I remember seeing so many black squares on my Instagram feed <laughs> that one day, one Tuesday. And for a lot of those people, for a lot of those celebrities even, like, it, it's frustrating to know that they care about the things that are happening abroad, which is fine. They should they should care yeah. about that. It's very important. But don't give as much of, you know, a crap for the injustices that are happening here. And like seemingly always just having that blind yeah. eye when it comes to matters here. So I think it was very important when Theo Wurzbach and Catriona Gray and the current reigning um, Miss Universe Philippines. I, I forget her name. So I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, like spoke up about the ter- anti-terrorism bill because it's wow. very rare for local celebrities, unfortunately, to speak up about these issues. And that's frustrating because they have, you know, a, like a louder voice than we do. And the same thing with brands. Parang you see all of that in the states, uh, but you don't ever see that same compassion or like willingness to be a part of these movements in the local industry. I want to hear Ace's side on this. Ace is a musician and you know you have some you have a big following then uh, who like 
looks up to you. And syempre, it's a different aspect from us being in the industry, but you being a public figure. Yeah. And how, how do you get to manage speaking up about these things? Syempre, there's also a lot of pressure in our industry na, okay, you can only say these things. Or it really depends on your manager, basically. But like, how do you get to balance how you speak up about these things? Syempre, yun nga. Not just through your music, but also on Twitter, for example. Yeah, well, ano ba? I guess in my experience, even before you consider speaking out, you kind of also have to um, figure out what you stand for, you know, the values that you believe in. Kasi, I don't know, maybe it's just my... This is just me being self-conscious, no? Pero I, I tend to... I tend to overthink like my position before I post something kasi ayoko ng uh, ano ba I don't want to say something tapos mali because of research ganun so uh, what happens to me is so I I expend a lot of mental energy uh, researching on these things and then I don't know sometimes um parang medyo nagdududa rin ako sa sarili ko like is what i'm like siguro before i i compose something like i draft a tweet for example and then seconds before i hit post i i keep i i keep asking myself uh is does this reflect um what i'm truly fe- feeling inside or am i just Kumbaga, am I just going with the flow? Kasi nakikita kong nagtutweet si, halimbawa, si, si na Four of Spades, ganun. And, which I admire, di ba? Pero, uh, kumbaga, there's this, this sort of self-policing that goes on that, where I tell myself to, you know, think about what I want to say before that. Mm-hmm. And so on and so, so forth. And then, uh, I guess, a uh, sort of related thing to this issue of musicians selfing parang uh, medyo nainis din ako sa mga taong nagsasabi na oh whether you're an artist, a musician or a singer uh, your, your opinion outside of that doesn't matter. Mm. Baga, that really annoys me a lot. Parang well first and foremost uh, dear stranger on the internet whom I will not reply to kasi troll ka lang. <laughs> uh, I I I'm a citizen, 'di ba? So uh-huh. um lang ako kasi may, na, may nakita akong parang this person replied to someone medyo low-key celebrity tapos meron siyang uh, accompanying photo na dear musicians and artists we pay you guys to entertain us but then outside of that your importance uh, kumbaga you overestimate your importance in your own head when it comes to siguro political issues and that really uh, that really <laughs> kind of ticks me off because, you know, it's just like telling an athlete to shut up and dribble. Parang ganyan yung vision. Yeah. And uh, it's highly reductive. And I, I guess I just want to remind or to encourage my fellow artists, whether or whatever field you're in, uh, you know, your opinions are valid. Uh, they have value. As long as, siempre, um, you think about what you, what you're about to say through, you know, f- through research and through self-examination, then you're good. You're, you're, 
you're helping make things better for everyone. I mean, of course, you're right with that first part also very much. I mean, the research part is super important. Yeah. I mean, we've had DJ Lo yeah. say, math testing in Jekandosa. My gosh. But <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, I admire you for being, for, for speaking up. Because it's really not every not everyone has the balls to do that That's in true. this political climate, talaga. And it's it's you're right in saying that you know you should know your stand. And once you do have that stand, it's really nice to see artists speak up about it and encourage their followers. Because as yun nga, the very fact that you guys are there to you know to you have that platform already to bring the important issues up is already like a step up to help further so i don't know why people are being too ano and they choose to follow you so like why are you saying <laughs> i think that girl i don't remember which celebrity she was talking to but she was like i guess i'll unfollow you now because you have opinions as a person and not just as an artist and i'm like girl she's a human being <laughs> like, I mean, of course exactly. she has opinions a lot of the fans of rage against the machine who oh, yeah. so funny oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like i'm unfollowing you because you're raging against the machine <laughs> <laughs> like what machine did you think they were raging against in oh, the man. first place <laughs> They're not. They're not exactly raging for the machine, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, though. It's so funny how people think that artists are just there to entertain yeah. everyone else. That's so incorrect. But yeah, I can mean, I, very thankful for artists like you who do speak up. Can I just say something about COVID efforts and yes, artists? Please. Yeah, because um, I have the very unique privilege of being a molecular biologist. <laughs> and also kind of uh, in theater. Um, okay. well, yeah, and it's really wow, interesting diba? because um, if you look at it, diba, yung mga maraming live streams, mga benefit reunions, mga um, things like lockdown cinema club, um, theater artists who gain popularity because of, for example, Huling El Bimbo, yeah. um, which is um, a whole other thing altogether. <laughs> They're actually using their platform um, no, but it, this is something that this is me commending it. Um, you know, lockdown cinema club on um, these live streams, um, all of these different things are using yung popularity and yung support for these artists to actually fund something that yeah. the government should be funding, diba? Um, and I think that that's immensely generous of them, especially mm. considering that theater and um, the film industry, those are two industries that are super, super hit yes. so hard. Yeah. Um, these people are freelancers, um, you know. Um, Paid by the day. It. Yeah, and then may mga things about it na, like for example, um, theaters won't necessarily open um, until early or maybe late next year. Yeah. Pa. And that's such, such a huge investment na nawala sa mga theater artists na to. And they still find a way to give back to the community and, and, and the like. And so I think that also puts an emphasis on the social responsibility of yung influencers. Mm. Um, because, you know, to a certain extent, you know, these people didn't have anything to gain from, you know, singing about, uh, singing something that's not imagined um, on, <laughs> on a live stream. 
Um, and they give, give all of the, they give all of those um, their efforts to something like COVID, you know? um, the COVID relief efforts. Um, and that's been very useful. I mean, if laboratory, um, shout out to UPMBB. Um, they've been training med techs to actually increase your capacity of testing. And, you know, that's really benefited um, these much smaller initiatives. And, you know, it just shows you the power of the people. But at the same time, that's only a small group of people. You know, I think that if more influence um, actually use their power yeah. to, you know, talk about political things, as marara things, if, if and only if, they did their actual research and this is kagaya DJ Looney. And it's interesting because I underestimating is that education isn't it, it's a it's it's a process. It's not a finality, diba. You're allowed to change your opinions. You're allowed to change your stances with the arrival of new information, yeah. with the with being policed by other people saying that, you know what, this isn't good, um, this is anti-this. Mm-hmm. Um, you're allowed to listen to that. Actually, it's your responsibility to listen to that if you want to be a decent human being. And wala lang. Um, people can use that power yeah. um, to actually make a change. Make a change, you know? yeah. Because yeah. you're right. Uh, tama si Ace and tama yung everyone. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we're citizens. We're not just artists, you know. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just like to point out what to what Jason said, no? Because there's this whole discussion about UP students speaking out against the government and then the government saying now, oh, you don't have the right to say that because we're paying for your tuition. And no, that's wrong. That's absolutely <laughs> wrong. The taxpayers fund the University of the Philippines. And this is actually, and the efforts of uh, what Jason was saying is that they've helped increase testing capacity. UP has actually helped develop one of the uh, COVID testing kits. And this is actually why the government should fund the University of the Philippines and why taxpayers pay to fund UP. Because uh, institutions like UP pay for uh, actually pay it forward yeah. by providing public services. Yeah, agreed. And actually, if you think about it, the government shouldn't be like silencing us or because whether or not the government pays for whatever the UP students, you know, do or like whatever, they're first and foremost, they're citizens and it's within our right to actually tell the government we're unsatisfied with what they're doing, diba? We have millions, millions and millions of things, uh, millions and millions of pesos na inutang natin from foreign places. I think it's Hindi... actually billions. Oh, billions. Yeah, billions. Sorry. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Billions of, yeah, billions na hindi pa na, na accounted for and are only accounted for by people who are actually donating or parang doing these services pro bono, diba? Yeah. Um, it may, may part do or ng media because you know obviously sometimes din direct ng media yung eyes natin to what efforts matter mm-hmm. and what efforts don't mm-hmm. matter and underutilized or at least underappreciated. I think there's this frustrating 
notion that media should be unbiased. Mm-hmm. Journalism in particular should be unbiased. But I don't, I've never thought of media or journalism to have to be completely unbiased. Like, you have to speak facts. You have to tell the truth. That's yeah. definitely important. But if you're completely unbiased, then that means that some part of you like pushes forward the oppressors. Like, yeah, the oppressors. Exactly. Like, I'm trying to find the right words to say without like spewing out expl- expletives. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're giving both these sides like a place to speak then you're just pushing their narrative like the narrative of the oppressor forward rather than giving focus to what really needs to be looked at and who really needs to be heard parang you're cutting their time in half to get these people na, rinig na rinig na nga ng lahat ng tao you know for their unnecessary uninformed and straight up violent like opinions and you know um thoughts people really have to uh, acknowledge that there is a media agenda agenda yeah. setting theory would say wow I oh, know what theory agenda setting yeah. <laughs> agenda setting theory yeah. there are angles there are biases and you have to be discerning enough to be able to know which one is like the right one I guess. But also, I mean, I guess in the bigger picture than in our country kasi, not everyone has the opportunity or the privilege to be able to discern discern that as well. So it's like a double-edged sword. I like how you brought up a, a media, the agenda setting theory because it's so true. Like, it's co-com majors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, every media outlet. Major. Every media outlet out there has a voice and as much as possible they try to stick within that voice um, they have a brand yeah exactly they have a brand, have a brand. so like to illustrate when i worked in publishing i wrote i interviewed two uh, filipina drag queens for pride month it was a piece that i would have been really proud of it was a really nice piece on how uh, drag queens at obor got to create their own family in, in within themselves, similar to how the ball scene in New York did it. Yeah. And a lot of it uh, brought up the struggles they had to go through. But when I saw the edited version, uh, my editor was essentially like, hey, let's lighten up the piece. Uh, people don't click on an article about drag queens to hear their struggles. They want it to be fun and glitzy. So... And this was a piece for Pride Month, yeah. mind you. So it was... Uh, it's eh, yung tone ng website na yan talaga. Yeah. And, you know, it's really like... There really is an agenda. Yeah, what, what, is what, a brand. what umbrella does it fall under? I mean, for another website, you could have probably published the whole thing. But for that yeah. specific website... I the one it. question lang I have is, what is the line yeah, between exactly. being objective yeah. and being silent yeah uh-huh. i mean i totally understand having a tone having a brand having a personality as like a media agency or whatever brand you may be but yun nga, where where do you draw the line because you cannot always stay in that lane forever like humans aren't just one thing for the rest of their lives either yeah. so why should these brands need, like have to do that but yung 
hot question. Oh, great. Sorry, I'll, I'll just stem <laughs> off. I got inspired by Paul, what Paula said. A great example of a media outfit that got to evolve was Teen Vogue. Teen Who Vogue thought, is Teen fantastic. Vogue would publish articles about Marxism, a guide to anal sex, or um, a complete history of Stonewall. Teen Vogue, like 10 years ago, talked about Gossip Girl and, oh, what the way to your first date. <laughs> so, it, see, brands can evolve. And I think it was one of their editors said in a Seth Meyers interview, Philip Picardi, uh, Picardi, he said that it's irresponsible to just stick to clothes and makeup because that's not the issues that young people nowadays are facing. Are facing. I love exactly. Teen Vogue so much. I'd love to work for them. <laughs> okay, Teen Vogue, if you're listening, si Jeremiah, kapasilyo daw. Person of color. <laughs> Pero, you know, no. I'd just like to... Go, Ivan. I'd just like to add, when since we're discussing the free press, no, and we're talking about agendas, for me, personally, as a political science major, since all of you guys oh. are calm. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, sure. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. <laughs> No, uh, as a political science major, for me, the agenda should be to the public, to the reading public. Uh, and you know, one of the most, uh, one of my favorite cases in law school was the New York Times case. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys watched The Post. Yes. Uh, Meryl yeah. Streep. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was the case that, had the, that was discussed in The Post. Um, and the justices of that court had to decide uh, how far the press could expose uh, all of these documents that were suppressed by Nixon about the Vietnam War, about the war being unsuccessful and claiming thousands and thousands of lives. Um, but the New York Post and the New York Times, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they all published it anyway. And one of the favorite, my favorite lines in that case was that the justices said, uh, the Constitution gave the free press, the protection it needed because it was meant to serve the governed, not the governors. So uh, the agenda for the court was that the free press had to be free because it served as a protection against all of these things, tyranny, abuse, uh, the silencing of critics. Uh, so honestly, the free press has, has the moral duty, I would say, to speak out, speak truth to power. And jumping off of that, we were talking about it a bit na, it's kind of disappointing how GMA News has kind of declined in terms of that. In in yeah. a sense na, you know, before they were, they were actually one of the more parang looked up to for their news reporting. But now parang, are they trying to like tone down their dissent or the way they're reporting on it? Because... ABS-CBN was shut down and yeah. they don't even want to talk about it that much either. So parang it's just disappointing. I'm sure they're scared. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very sure. And, ito, and it's understandable fear naman din talaga. They do have yeah. thousands upon thousands of employees uh -huh. as well that they need to protect. But at the same time, you know, what what Ivan said was is correct. As part of the free press, it is also their duty to protect the citizens. Because right now, the information that they're giving out is very biased towards one side of the story only. They try to be a facts-only um, news outlet nowadays. And that 
is fine. While you should be speaking out the truth, again, there you do still have this duty to protect everyone and speaking only on one side of the truth is irresponsible of them. And being that they're now like the largest media outlet that people can access without the use of like a black box or any or internet and all of that stuff. The information that people are getting is like it's not enough. It's not enough for them to make informed opinions and decisions about the happenings in this country, particularly with the anti-terrorism bill. Like they only hear the side of the government and not the side of the opposition, of the critics, of everyday people who will be affected by the bill. Like they don't like viewers won't understand that because they refuse or only give a short amount of time to these voices rather than the uh, hours upon hours um, talking about what the government has already been spewing to us. And, the and, need, and I, I am also, very disappointed. Yeah. yeah, the need is really greater now more than ever because <laughs> the access to the media or the news. I mean, with the recent story, na, it's really sad that uh, a woman passed away waiting for a bus on the side of EDSA. Kasi hindi niya alam na wala ng buses, basically. Because there's no where to find out that uh, issue or that piece of information because there's no bigger uh, news outlet to report that or there's no way to for her to find out. And, you know, because of everything the government has not done, she was just left there to die. Diba? And uh, I guess jumping off of that then, uh, the earlier points regarding engagements as uh, politicians or, you know, or celebrities. How much are we to expect from them to, like, publicize? Because personally, I'm not one to, like... Uh, Demand. To, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to, like, show off how much I've donated, for example, Hi. to public yeah, yeah. efforts. But for celebrities, for example... Ang dami namang tumutulong naman talaga, but they don't like showing it off. And they get called yeah. out for not doing anything. Like, how much are we to expect na how, how, how are celebrities supposed to be, like, viewed in this aspect na, okay, Heart Evangelista, for one, is so privileged to be, like, having these Hermes face masks. But at the same time, she also gives 550 tablets to people to for... Um, online classes at the same time. And First of all, on the record, <laughs> those are not Hermes face masks. Hermes doesn't make face masks. No, I mean, Hermes are like the face masks with yeah, Hermes mean... ribbons. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you get what Hermes, I mean. Hermes, the fact that she has so much, the fact that she has so much ribbons. All I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but you, you get what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, of course, we do. Of course. So parang, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's this? Yun nga, parang, are you even supposed to be showing off how much you're giving? I don't know. It's just like a big question as well. Na parang, I'm just gonna mute my mic for now. <laughs> I don't wanna... <laughs> um, De, kasi kunwari, si Sharon Conetta was being called out online na parang, oh, you're posting all these things, but what have you done to help the cause? And then, somebody commented na, Si Angel Luxiniata was like, oh, Sharon actually donated 3 million pesos without telling anyone. So parang, yeah. diba, parang, are we, like, what's our take on that? Na parang, okay. 
are we supposed to call them out just because we don't see them helping out with the privilege that they have or what i don't know it's a it's a it's a complicated. I think there's this tension for public figures, at least, to uh, because one, it's either you get called out for not doing anything at all and being silent and not using your platform, or you get called out for being performative about yeah. it. So yeah. like there's this intense level of scrutiny that public figures face, and yeah. especially in this country where you're expected to really put it out there for people to see. Like, for example, feeling ko hindi naman magiging Apple masyado yung mga uh, politicians, for example, na you have to put, you plaster your face on everything. If there's that need for Filipinos then I think to be so visceral about things na you have to see it, the proof before believing. I don't know, it's a, it's another, diba? it's a, another aspect yeah. of that um, issue. I think, like for the example of Heart Evangelista, I'm, I mean, I can't lie. I, I enjoy watching her YouTube videos all, as well. Like as someone yeah. who enjoys fashion, seeing her, yeah. it, you know, it's fun for me. But at the same time, like I don't think she should ever, um, especially like during these times now, like to post so <laughs> confidently, yeah. like the amount of riches that she has. Um, it's It's just, Tone deaf. I think that's basically what people are trying to tell her. It's tone deaf to do this now with everything that's happening. Even though it is your personality, like even though that has been your brand for so long, now is not the time mm-hmm. to post about these things. We're not trying to stop you from being who you are. Just maybe listen to everyone around you and know that while people are dying of starvation and you know unemployment is at its highest that, that it's ever been, you are posting your hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bags and dresses and shoes and all of these things. And another thing, Heart Evangelista is not just a celebrity. She is the wife wife. of a politician. Mm -hmm. So why should she get a free pass for her philanthropy? And philanthropy should never be an excuse for you not to be criticized about things. Mm -hmm. Just because you give so much money to all of these causes does not mean people should stop criticizing you for when you do things like this. Diba? Parang... It it come it begs the question then like how did your family get that much money in the first place? Who did you step on? Who did not make enough money for you to make that much money as well? Like these are things that people refuse to think about because Hart is very vocal as well about where she donates large sums of money. Yeah. And, and on other celebrities like Sharon Conetta as well, I don't think that you should like, if you don't want to post about how much you're donating, that's totally your prerogative and your right as a celebrity, you know. But at the same time, I think people are angry because what they're seeing on your profile um, doesn't really Reflect. tell them that you care. Like, not even, like, you don't have to tell us the amount of money. You just have to show people that you care about the situation around them, that you see them and you hear them. And I think that's pretty much what everyone just wants. Um Rather than knowing how much money or like the time that you put into all of these things, but that's just me. I have a lot to say about Heart Evangelista. It, it frustrates <laughs> me to no end. Talaga seeing. Let's invite people. her on to talk about. Oh my god. 
I'm gonna but, I guess the part one <laughs> that happens so. part 3D I'm so sorry <laughs> I, I uh, of your closet but also <laughs> I, I wanted to add then uh, I found myself also in a conversation with somebody else about how celebrities were responding to this and this person I was talking to pointed out na, like I feel like the, the, the way we talk about how celebrities should be acting is sort of like a tangent na from the things that are actually happening. Like if, if so much of our energy is going to like quote-unquote canceling celebrities because of how mm. they may be reacting, like I, this is something that I feel like is secondary to the stuff that's yeah. actually happening. Um, yeah. I mean, sure, yes. Like I, like I, would, I think we need more like multi-millionaires to actually like consider redis- redistributing some of that wealth Mm-mm. but at the same time um parang philanthropy and and charities and whatnot those won't necessarily solve the problems at hand like they, they will like Agreed. provide funds to people in need at this moment but the conversations that need to be happening really are sort of like the people in power changing yeah. certain structures as well Yes. Um, and so, but that doesn't mean I, I think that celebrities are completely absolved of blame. Like, I think that really powerful, rich celebrities, especially people who are connected to politicians, have an even greater responsibility now to, like, I mean, just talk to your husband, Hart. I mean, please. Like, just, just, like, raise it up during breakfast or something. You haven't really heard anything from cheese. From cheese, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh. I mean... It's more than just the money and whatnot. It's really not about the money. Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's like really Justin Trudeau kneeling, like yes, that whole yeah. Yeah, 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 performative yeah. thing. Like, dude, you are the prime minister. Like, I why think... don't you do something? Yeah, <laughs> Trudeau protesting. <laughs> why are we also pinning the spotlight on celebrities instead of calling out the bigger issue? Now, why does it have to fall down to celebrities or personalities to do something? to private mm-hmm. institutions to do something yeah. when it's the government that should be doing this as their yeah. duty in the first place. And we're, and now they want that. to tax us even more for online selling and all that. Na para, okay, and we, Netflix. We're, we're, okay to tell, we're okay to pay tax for Netflix or whatever if our tax money goes to something good or something that will benefit the whole nation. But where does it go to? It doesn't go anywhere. Yep. I, I was gonna I, add, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, just quickly. Like honestly, I feel like the most important thing celebrities can do is give, like, give some of their platform to voices who actually need to be heard. Yes. Um, so in, instead of them talking about the issue, like, talagang use their platform and give it to somebody else to talk about it. Like a very small example, small like niche example is Saint Vincent the musician um, mm. hosted like a, a short like hour long conversation on her YouTube channel where she let um, a black activist, her, her friend, speak. And that entire hour was really mostly her friend speaking. It wasn't about St. Vincent. It wasn't about her saying, look at me and how much I care. It's really her just giving the floor to yeah. that activist. And I feel like it's something that's really, really useful that you can do that. Mm. That's true. And sana lang parang after our conversations on the ABS-CBN shutdown and how everyone started speaking up, where are they now? Only like a fraction of those celebrities who started speaking up still continue to speak up at this point. Na, I mean, the ABS-CBN uh, shutdown is still an ongoing conversation. Yeah. But the bigger matter at hand is the anti-terrorism 
quote-unquote anti-terrorism bill. <laughs> and, uh, you know, syempre, where, where are they now? Only probably 20 to 30 percent of those people are speaking up about it. And it's just kind of sad na, you know, nawala sila. Pero I guess uh, moving on to the last point that we want to talk about today is where do we go from here and how can we do better? Of course, one as citizens, but also as media people, people involved in these industries that uh, really affect a lot of people. And uh, syempre, number one dyan yung, of course, it's totally fine and we should be able to be active or we should be active online to call out all these injustices that we see and it, it's not terrorism. And we're not against the bill for the actual bill, but for the vagueness of what yeah. terrorism means to the bill. I oh, mean, in the bill. And uh, how it's defined or not defined. <laughs> um, and I mean, we should always be... I mean, the show wouldn't exist if we just don't speak up about what we believe in. And that goes for all other podcasts or radio shows, TV shows, etc. And yung I guess how do we go from here that everything is political also again and again we reiterate that na you know Carly Rae Jepsen for all we know can be political if we want it to be. She posted about Black Lives Matter, yeah. Exactly. And uh, everything that we see, K pop can be also political. They donated one million dollars as well to the Black yes. Lives Matter movement. Na, you know, where these white people who have much more money than BTS or I don't know where, what, how much are they giving also. And I mean, I guess the BTS naman, uh, one of the prime reasons they're really popular is because they do speak up about uh, social injustices also on their songs. The way Glock 9 would talk about yeah. it in our country. Medyo ganun yung BTS but in a K-idol manner. Um, but you know, how, how else can we go from here? As people in advertising and music, in uh, law, or the different uh, <laughs> sectors we are in, I think uh, brands and basically just people and institutions that have that much public visibility have to be aware of just how much their audiences are being have become more critical, especially in this climate. So. It's not just enough to post a black square on your Instagram, especially if you're in a position of, if your company's in a position of privilege. I think a good example would be how uh, Glossier and Fenty Beauty, two beauty brands, among and and a lot of beauty brands have posted the square and links to the NAACP fund, but uh, Glossier for one donated one million dollars to to various charities and they also allotted a fund for uh for young black owned beauty businesses so that's a quote change right there so i think it's not enough to just post a status to tweet the hashtag black lives matter it's more of what are you really doing to affect change and that's something people in high visible places should keep in mind. I'm sorry that was terrible. <laughs> and convoluted. That's 90. That's 10 it's kind of like what I was saying earlier 
na you know we can look upon ourselves and see what do we stand for what do we believe in and put that in a bigger context into the companies we work for the people who work for those companies now what do we stand for and how does this reflect them uh how does this reflect uh our products and how does how do our products affect people and the everyday changes that we can make just through being more aware of ourselves and how we're being para how basically how we can affect others and how when what music can just one song can change a whole society for example or something like that right if i write a song I might be branded as a terrorist so bye guys <laughs> 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 oh my god, have you guys heard um Plagpoles um I love it when you call me terrorista. I, I heard that. Oh it's so god. good. My friend is in that band. I'm so that. proud of them. <laughs> I mean, for example, yung last year pa lang kay Shanti Dope yung Amats, 'di ba? Ang laking issue noon na parang okay, it's obviously a double entendre, but like What, do you really have to attack a 17-year-old for speaking up about these things that can actually mean he's just really high on his music and his uh, passion and his, diba? Parang ganun. Mga ganun bagay na, why do we have to tag those things as like something that will terrorize other people which in actuality, parang it's really the bad governance that's actually terrorizing people right now. Yeah. I think there also has to be a recognition of the history yes. behind all of this. I mean, uh, I did research in 2016, <laughs> during the 2016 U.S. elections, on why it's such a, why racial issues have gone this bad. And it actually started in 1968 because Richard Nixon uh, decided that he would be able to win white women by painting black folks as criminals yeah. and so he was doing this whole uh media campaign uh on law and order and it's very funny that donald trump recently tweeted law and order <laughs> mm. because it's it's it falls into that narrative that black people are criminals they're thugs uh Mexicans are rapists, are illegals. So there has to be, I think, moving forward, if there, ha- if there will be any development, it has to start with the recognition that these communities are hurt by the past. Uh, and there has to be some serious soul-searching and apologizing uh, before any serious movement towards progress can be made. And the same goes for our country then, diba, na, you yes. know, the very reason we're experiencing all these things na, you know, why do people still vote for the bad politicians? It's because for years and years, the education system hasn't really, they haven't really devoted any like effort or time into that and that in return like puts us in that whole cycle of why they're still in power and all that. 
But uh, yun nga, for everything else, like how do we go about this as we enter a new phase or a new ECQ as rumors are starting to <laughs> like uh, oh say na babalik tayo sa ECQ. Yeah. yeah. I think going back to like brands and, and pop culture stuff because that's I think where I, yeah. I, I'm more comfortable speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, for brands, I think like Ben and Jerry's is a very good example of what brands can do like with their voices. They have consistently been vocal against the injustices in the United States, actively campaigning for Bernie Sanders. All of these things. Um, it's not just performative. Like they really do fund a lot of the funding that Je- that Ben and Jerry's does is for the betterment of certain societies in the United States. And that's something that I want more brands in the Philippines to do. It's to acknowledge their position of power and wealth and do something about that money. I hear every day of my career about how much money my brands make. And I just wish that that money goes to somewhere important if it's not paying, you know, the pockets of every employee that they have and not just the higher ups in their company or acknowledge or these companies acknowledging where they've gone wrong you know um i think that's a very good step forward for these brands to move past just the need to stay relevant but understand their importance and power in the minds of people because they are probably the most amplified voices that we have um and um, for film and television, I think it's an interesting place for writers and filmmakers to explore what kind of stories that we can tell um, and how to responsibly tell these stories. I think it's time that we are done with white savior films, for example, in the United States and stop giving those kinds of movies so much attention and platform. I mean... <laughs> It just, like a white savior film just won an Oscar a few years ago, and, <laughs> and yes, I completely forgot. <laughs> Green Book. Green Book won a few years ago, and as much as I love movies like The Help and Hidden Figures, oh, yeah. looking at them now, I see how big of a problem these films actually have. That even though we're focusing on struggles of you know people of color and the oppressed, we never give them you know the agency to actually be the ones to save themselves. We always pin that on a white man a white, for, some, yeah. for some reason. Um, so, And that I think we also need to rethink how we portray certain characters. For example, policemen moving forward. Like yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Um, but with the force. <laughs> I, I saw this tweet that was like, yeah. let's just make them all work in a postal office and then just not <laughs> say anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that could work. They have a good enough following. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would still yeah. watch. But um, it's something that needs to be thought about now with the whole police brutality um, issues in the States. And also, for example, Miles Morales' dad in the Spider-Man series. Like, even though his character in the comics like being part of the police force is a really important aspect of Miles's character, like sometime in his storyline. I think it's the responsibility now of Sony and certain writers to really think about how they're going to frame it if they want to keep him in this 
um, occupation or maybe even use what's happening now in the States and push that kind of storyline into this character. And I think we can also use famous characters that we have to fit into these changing times. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw the cover for Action Comics number 42, yeah. but it's the latest Superman comic where we see Superman standing in defense of the black community against policemen. And that's such an important character of Superman whose whole identity stands for truth, justice, and the American way. And we always complain about Superman being the super bland and boring character, but when you fit him into these kinds of narratives, we see how important and just, you know, what he can do as a character that everyone has looked up to for years upon years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how media will start to change given everything that's happening right now. And Perfect. sana it applies oh. then to our local yeah. shows as well. Na, yes. you know, I hope someone's brave enough to make some sort of Parks and Rec parody of the government, something like that. Oh, right? <laughs> or beep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Going back to media, I think also it starts with if you if media outlets want to talk about diversity, they should start by diversifying their I'm, staff. Their staff, exactly. Um, exactly. I think this morning I saw that Bon Appetit released a statement stating that for the next EIC, they will prioritize candidates of color, which is okay. It's an encouraging, um, it's an encouraging step. It's hopeful for fans, and. Uh, so yeah, it starts with amplifying voices that don't haven't really had the platform to share their stories and not just tokenizing them or um, yeah, stealing from not not stealing them but appropriating their culture. I was gonna say exactly what Jeremiah said uh, that it all starts with the people behind the scenes giving people of color at least in the US like people of color yes. here in the Philippines like people who aren't from Manila yeah. for one like power yeah. in terms of like magazines like give them editorial power um, allow them to write the stories they want um, and if, if your brand like if your brand doesn't like can't accommodate those kinds of stories then make it make your brand accommodate them somehow um, yeah. but yeah like and in the US I feel like because I follow a lot of like Western film and TV I feel like on the TV side, they're faring better because networks are a lot more flexible than like big Hollywood studios. So there, there are a lot of stories on TV being told by, by queer voices, by uh, people of color and whatnot. Um, movies is like a whole different thing. And like, especially the film industry here in the Philippines, which is so yep. tied to like politics already. Like there's so many... Like if you want to diversify content in the movie industry here, it, it suddenly becomes a political issue also because it's so yes. it's so in bed with with politicians and whatnot. So yeah, I don't I don't even know I don't even know where to begin with with the local film industry, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, as for I sorry, go no, sige, sige, go lang. Okay, uh, <laughs> this always happens to me. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> With theater, naman, I'm at least I'm very happy that you know theater 
has always, you know, a lot of theater practitioners really acknowledge the fact that theater is inherently political because, you know, it's all about, you know, it started as, you know, storytelling, diba? low production, very low production storytelling. And, you know, it's evolved into, you know, high production storytelling and all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, we still get to, I think we have to bear in mind that with all of these media um, platforms, I guess, now we always get to choose what kind of stories to tell, who tells them, and why we're about to tell them. Um, like we've seen arise recently, at least, or actually, no, it's always been present, naman, but may rise na mga mas political, na mga um, material. Um, we see Desaparecidos, we see oh, yeah. Decada 70, we see the revival of Himala, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and we see more um, stories, also even from rural communities. Um, there's an acknowledgement of rural voices. I think that's so, so important in theater and also in film, uh, yes. frankly. Um, because there are so few, at least um, to my knowledge, at least currently, the most mainstream, na, um, most local na filmmaker, uh, most regional na mga filmmakers, <laughs> um, you know, giving voices to places like um, communities in Mindanao or maybe communities um, in indigenous people communities. Um, and I think that's incredibly important. Um, side note rin lang um, in, in terms of like pride and all of that. Um, everything is political because we also kind of get to determine which narratives, for example, in the LGBT community, yung gusto natin ikwento. Yeah. For, the, for a very, very long time, um, people in the LGBT community have been villainized, especially, for example, trans um, individuals. You see that they're major <laughs> um, villains in horror movies, like very popular classics like Psycho, um, even Silence of the Lambs. Um, or even there are queer components in mga, um, very popular na horror movies. And, you know, that has been very, very hard to erase from the history of people who um, are affected by the, these um, LGBT narratives. Um, and even the type of LGBT romances that we see um, is also political, you know. Like, for example, in the Philippines, usually it's either, um, and I hate to generalize, pero just to give an example, mas um, pumapatok sa mainstream media or at least fina-fund ng mainstream media ang mga narratives wherein gays are tokenized or funny, flamboyant, um, mga ganong things or they're straight uh, or straight-seeming um, quote-under-quotes yun. Um, straight-seeming males who have to come out of the closet and there's this whole thing uh, played by straight actors. Oh, yeah. um, and so, you know, there are ways to diversify yung landscape natin and, I, and I'm really glad that um, that's sort of happening but not to the magnitude um, that we hope for. I don't, know, I don't, yeah. Well, you know, for law naman, uh, I'd like to point out that there are actually two cases that are very important in the near future. One of them is the ABS-CBN case, which is before the Supreme Court already. And the other one is the potential case on the anti-terror bill. So 
uh, in law school, we considered the Supreme Court as the last, quote-unquote, last bastion of democracy because when all these institutions fail, the Supreme Court, you could have you used to be able to rely on the Supreme Court uh, to tell the Congress and the President, no, you're trampling on the rights of people. So those are very important cases. And uh, as far as I'm aware, they actually allow public viewing of the oral arguments. So to you guys and to everybody else who's listening, uh, I encourage you to listen to it, to take part in the conversation uh, and understand what's happening uh, because the justices don't live in a bubble. They don't live in on ivory towers and then they hand out laws and decisions uh, without care to public opinion. They understand that the legitimacy of their opinions will be based on the, on the public's perception of their decisions. Uh, and also, as for racial issues, there are several other cases that you also have to consider uh, in the United States, affirmative action cases. Uh, the, court, the Supreme Court of the United States is always sort of fighting this internal struggle on whether or not they should legalize letting more black kids go to college, to Ivy League colleges, uh, yes. whether race should actually be a factor in admitting these students, when in reality, like, most of these kids are from poorer communities because of the fact that they're black. So, um, one last thing I'd like to point out is in 2022, please register and vote. Yes. Um, when? July 31st, Batama. Yes. Uh, starting July 31st, if I'm correct nga, uh, Comelec is now resuming operations for registering to vote. Uh, please vote. As far as I recall, uh, the youth comprise of an increasingly uh, huge chunk of the electorate. Uh, and sooner or later, politicians will have to listen to us. They cannot keep ignoring us like this. So yeah. I think you just like to bounce off of the youth comment. It's very wonderful to see if you guys are on TikTok. It's, it's, it's an interesting place. I, I can give it that. But if you guys are on TikTok and local TikTok, for example, it's very wonderful to see how many young people are actually giving out their voices, voicing their dissent about the anti-terrorism bill. And these are young kids. These are high school students. And they understand the importance of their voices. And if that doesn't give you a bit of hope for whatever might happen to us, I, I hope that gives you a little bit of something. Because it is, it is great to see them fighting for what they really believe is right. But yeah, TikTok's fun. There is the political <laughs> component, but it's also very fun. <laughs> ano pala, it's July 1st and not July 31st, to correct. Oh, it's July 1st. July 1st. July 1st. Can I just add yeah, something? Ay, okay, go lang. Okay. Um, <laughs> this always happens to me. Um, ano, can I just add, um, I think what's important about like pop culture and everything is that you know, it's okay naman to enjoy certain things, but you can always be critical of these things. Yes. yes. You know, I feel like people hold to the, I feel unre this unrealistic dichotomy um, that, you know, you can't, you're not allowed to um, have enjoyed something and then um, 
you're just allowed to have enjoyed something if it's like well, you know bad because you can always be educated after the experience you know you can always be critical you can always receive newer information like at the time when i watched for example the help I really liked it. But then the more you get to think about, you know, films like this and what kind of institutions um, fund these narratives, what kind of um, yung mga roles that um, people, like, um, people like Viola Davis, uh, black women are forced to play and what are awarded, mga ganong things, um, you start to become more critical of it. And I think that we can't really necessarily separate the two. Yung parang consuming and also being critical of it, diba? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in, it's in the nature of art na it's sort of completed in the audience. Like, the audience attaches their own meaning oh, wow. to the art. Yeah. So, like, let's say the Harry Potter thing is like my favorite example because... Like, I was about en- to say, yeah, yes. The entire <laughs> fandom really came out and was like, we don't claim her. Like, this, yeah. woman, this, woman, this woman is no longer the author of these books. But they still... like Daniel uh, Radcliffe wrote yeah, it now. Yes, yes. <laughs> but a large portion of the fandom still holds on to the values that they learned from the books. And like, I wouldn't hold that against them. I don't think J.K. Rowling's comments invalidate the messages because for the fans, for the readers, those are theirs now. Those aren't hers. Uh-huh, and I, yeah. I feel like I feel like that goes okay. with like every piece of art. Again, yeah. as long as you acknowledge like the things that are quote unquote problematic. Problematic. Yeah. But you know, like we're human beings, we're allowed to have complex feelings about art. So yeah. 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 Exactly. Like I can I can't take away my feelings for Harry Potter, yeah. but it, it's interesting to see like a literal um, showcase of the author is dead in terms of yeah. Harry Potter. And I think I was talking to my friend about this earlier as well. Like it's more than just the author is dead. The fandom literally killed her. Like we we don't yeah. claim her anymore. One of the most powerful things that I saw with the whole JK Rowling issue was Mugglenut.com, which has been the biggest Harry Potter fan site since 1999 unfollowed her like a, a very clear showcase of the fandom just saying fuck it we don't like her anymore and seeing daniel radcliffe and emma watson and all of these um harry potter babies ivana lynch not included um <laughs> you know showing their support for the trans community and basically not even cutting ties but very like going against what the author was saying so i think it's interesting and it's interesting and it allows us really to be critical of the art that we consume and acknowledging as well that when the author or the director or whoever, creator, like publishes something, it no longer is theirs. It becomes the public's, the way that you yeah. consume it. Yeah. Actually, interestingly, really, really good art um, kind of creates more community, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, it's, it's a, you know, that's what I think we strive for as you know, as people in, in, in media, involved in pop culture, as artists, um, you know, we really want to create things that are in dialogue with the community. And, you know, there are just people who refuse to be educated. Like, sorry, JK Rowling, but yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I think, I guess, at the end of this whole conversation, Ace, do you have maybe regarding music or? How do you, I don't know, before I have the final statement, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, Actually, on the music front, you already mentioned it earlier where 
it's very very possible and maybe even encouraged in this extraordinary time to sort of incorporate some of uh, the more relevant social issues in the songs that you make. Pero I understand then kung hindi yun yung ali mo. If that's, if that's not the... Kung hindi yung forte mo, I understand. Kasi if you may... If, sige, let's say you incorporate social issues into your music, pero pangit naman. Sino makikinig dun, di ba? Right? That's true. <laughs> yeah, so... That's uh, I, my batas. <laughs> okay, that's a good. That's good. Last one. Um, so, siguro, siguro on a on a smaller scale, and I guess in my experience, it's something that's easily overlooked, especially when uh, in the context of social media, uh, big brands and celebrities speaking out to large audiences is um, to have those difficult conversations with your friends and your family. Kasi alam mo yun, mga tipong nasa group chat ng mom mo, mga tita mo na apparently yung DDS. Oh my God! Uh, unironically, <laughs> di ba? Ano, ano yun? Parang uh, those are little things that kind of are overlooked. Pero I think if you sort of try to find a way to open dialogue with these people, yeah. even with your friends, alam mo yun, just sort of refine each other's understanding of what's going on. Kasi baka may mga... Uh, aspects of an issue that I don't understand that they know better and vice versa. So it kind of helps to open up that conversation between your friends and your family. So I guess that's all I have to say. Yeah, and siguro wrapping up what everyone had to say at this last segment is really the power is with us, the people. I mean, yun nga, we have the voice and we still, parang, of course, this is what we're fighting for against the anti-terror bill. We have the voice and we must continue to speak up against the injustices that we continue to see. And uh, we must not be afraid about, you know, speaking up about it. Because at the end of the day, we are the ones who perpetuate the change in whatever industry we are in. With the, I mean, you can see it with the Harry Potter thing palang na it's the people who are fans who like are going against the creator herself if we can do that to an author i'm sure we can probably we already did it to a dictator how many years ago 20 24 years ago 24 years ago 34 we did it 34 years ago and now, it's a really different revolution. We have a podcast to talk about these things. We have Twitter to like barrage people na, you know, we believe in these. We have Instagram where we can post the art. We can uh, email our public officials email. as well. You yeah. can Google. Yes. <laughs> you have the capability yes. to inform yourself about Educate. the things that are happening. Super side note lang. There, is, there are websites that A, fact check a news article for you, B, um, tell you the political leanings of a particular website, and you can use new Google's. Yeah, so, you know, we all, we have all the power, we have the resources, so I hope everyone uses it to benefit the nation, the world, because, you know, it's the time that, it's about time that all these things are happening. 
and we must fight for our rights because our democracy is already on the line at this point. So, ayon, and I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I hope this episode was uh, informative enough, or at least our opinions were valid enough to like shed a light on different industries and how we feel about how we should deal with things. Of course, we're not experts on our fields, but we have experiences enough to say these things, I hope. And I hope uh, a lot of people do get informed and I guess inspired to be able to talk about these things as well to their friends. Now, you know, we, as much as we love pop culture, uh, you know, we love our country and we love our world and we hope for the better i mean we hope for a good second half of the year because the first half was just crazy and ayun, we never know what's gonna happen so ayun, thank you guys for participating in this special episode Kakaiba tayo ngayon for the second time this year but uh, i hope we do continue to have more conversations like this as i, I mean not in that way na sana marami pa tayong pag-usapan ganito. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, I hope we continue to like be open and be active about these issues as we go along. And I'm sure, ayun, thank you guys for that. And we will be skipping the part where we recommend things because this is a very serious episode and you have so many episodes of Popcorn in the past to listen to and see what else we want to recommend. So you can go check those out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcast. We're also on Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM. Thank you so much, Radio Katipunan, for always airing our episodes as well. And go follow us on social media. That's at Popcorn with Cholo, Popcorn W Cholo on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Of course, hashtag Junk Terror Bill. Hashtag yes. do better yes. government. Hashtag out. Hashtag mass testing now. Mm-hmm. Hashtag yes. mass testing now. PH. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag of all hashtags. Uh, I hope, we hope and pray for a better future. So thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Popcorn. And thank you to Paula, Emil, Ace, Trace, Ivan, and Jeremiah for being here. We'll see you guys for more of our Pride Month celebrations and more pop culture the rest of the month and the rest of the year. Thank you guys and see you all next time. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.